Okay. So this book, Circle Arrow and the Spiral, highlights um, the masculine and the feminine. We talked about the masculine being results-oriented, achievement-oriented, um, and excellence-driven. Um, the masculine, again, women and men have, both have masculine and feminine within them. And the feminine energy is more about um, a circle, right? We talk about a circle, talk about space, talk about process, talk about peace, talk about being um, in the moment, about connection, about relationship, about um, with yourself, with others. Harmony. Harmony, right? These are all feminine aspects. And the, the goal here from a Jewish perspective is to interweave the two to be whole, right? And if you interweave the two, you get a spiral. Yes? So you, rather than just going straight up and I'm only focused on the goal and I ignore everything else about the process, rather than being only in the moment, which you can get lost if you're in the moment all the time, if you're always present in the moment, you ain't going anywhere, right? If you're always, you'll be static so to speak. It's about the balance gently of the two, right? And, the, and a healthy balance, it means you're like spiraling. You're, you're going somewhere, but you're including the process as you go, which is a healthy uh, equilibrium that we yearn for. So, um, so I'm just reading a little, a little excerpt from the book. This is the male trait of the, it's a picture, an arrow straight, pointing straight upwards. This is the male trait, striving forward, determined to achieve, to change and influence the world. There's force, determination and energy in the arrow. And yet the arrow takes only concrete accomplishments with, its, with, it, with it in its ascendance. Indeed, the West in its breathtaking projectile upwards inspires awe, even as casualties of the very rocket-like ascent, depression, broken homes, miserable people litter the landscape. A very graphic visual, right? That if I just go for my goals only and I ignore everything else around it, I end up with broken relationships, or broke, like my inner world is not intact, right? But it, I get those results, right? I think of anyone working around the clock at, at any corporate, corporate firm who has to pressure them to just give up everything for that job, right? However, the female trait, which is embodied more by the Eastern perspective, which is why I feel there's a lot, big draw to the Eastern, you know, the Eastern approaches, is symbolized by a circle. Unlike the arrow, it's not going anywhere at all. It sits there, round and complete, at peace and in harmony, but static. So Judaically, a marriage between these two forces would look like a spiral. The spiral moves upwards, but unlike an arrow, it's round, whole, and inclusive. Each ascending unit of the spiral moves upwards at the same time it maintains the wholeness of the circle. Right? This is the, the visual of the balance. So the ideal is to constantly ascend, but to take all of ourselves with us for the ride. Okay. Um. <coughs> and is this judicial? Meaning the, Jew, the, Jew, the Jewish perspective on I know, this. but what's Jewish about it? I mean, the Jewish perspective of what they consider ideal as a healthy balance is, is to that? blend these okay. two together. Yeah, it's a combination of these two forces. It's, it's very interesting that, that it, it, she says here that um, as we move up, we gather all the disparate parts into one holistic entity and allow that very wholeness to propel its, ourselves upwards mm. by collecting and connecting all the parts of ourselves internally. And as a combination of these two forces, the male and the female, the future and the present, the awareness of what needs to be changed as well as the awareness of what is good about now. Now you're feeling the meditation talk, mm -hmm. right? That, that a combination of the future and the present, the awareness of what is good about now as well as the drive for excellence and for progress and for change, as well as the search for harmony and wholeness and unity that will create the symbiotic relationship of health. And gathering all the parts before we move forward may slow our progress, but ultimately it's what will bring to us to holistic growth and whole human beings, which is really what I think everyone's so yearning for, that we feel that there's something off, 
I'm talking to myself here, right? That we feel something's off and we, and we yearn to, to correct that. Um, so interestingly, how do we tie in a Torah source here? The original divine image of what a human is was an androgynous being. Did you know this? This was totally new to me when I first read this. I was like, whoa. Which, a being which encompassed both the male and the female. When Adam was created, back, whenever we want to understand a Jewish perspective on anything, we go back to the first time it was mentioned ever in the Torah to see what the deeper meaning is of that thing, right? So if we want to understand what humans are, we go back to the first time Adam was created in the Torah and say, like, what was that all about? What were the commentaries saying? The first time Adam was created, we know it as Adam, like man was created and then rib, Eve was taken from the rib, right? So, okay, great, we're ribs. Thanks so much, right? Really, the deeper commentaries say that wasn't it at all. Ha-Adam was the name of the creature that was created and it was male and female in one being, right? So masculine and feminine were created at the same time, which is interesting. And um, each of us who wishes to be a complete person, a tselem elokim, meaning someone who is reflecting of a godly soul, of a higher self, a full self, in the fullest sense, must develop both of these traits and make sure that one does not come at the expense of the other. The Jewish ideal is androgynous, of these masculine, feminine together, a synthesis between these two forces. Right? I think they'd be more accepting. It's a different question. Read her book. Read her book. She goes through all of this. This is the intro to that. Exactly that. She's amazing. Okay. So interestingly, if we go into the source, I'm not giving these out because too many people. It takes too long. But in Bracious 27, yep, chapter, hmm, no, I think it's 27.1. God created man in an image worthy of himself. That's a very powerful line, which we're not really focusing on. But yeah, um, but God created man in an image worthy of himself, of himself, God. He created him in a form worthy of God. Right? So that means that we have a godly soul and a godly ability to be coming from a higher place. And he created them, male and female. So right in the Torah verse itself, he, he's talking about Adam. He created them, male and female. So it's interesting here because the commentary Rabbi Hirsch says that um, the Torah thus teaches us that both sexes were created directly by God and equally in his image, which is, which is, which is not often known. And, um, and I wanted to, to just focus on that idea here today and, and to meditate with, with this awareness on our own inner connection to this, right? So for example, the masculine energy in the world is what we call mashpia, right? Like you're giving out, right? Right now I'm in a masculine role. I'm giving out information to you. You're in a receiving role. You're receiving the information. So there's a flow going on between what you give out into the world and what you then receive in the world, right? A giver and a receiver. There's a unit. And the sun is considered a masculine energy. The sun gives to the moon, and the moon absorbs the sun's light and reflects it back. So there's a Kabbalistic formula in the world of a giver and a receiver, and they create a unit of a whole circuit. Yes? The rain is considered masculine. The rain gives to Mother Earth. Mother Earth receives the rain and then sprouts vegetation from that connection. You would never say Mother Earth is oppressed, right? There's a, there's a natural flow that happens between rain and, and earth. Man gives to woman, woman receives in the womb, and she bears a child. So you see that this flow is in the fabric of the universe, right? This masculine gives to the feminine, the feminine receives. She's not passive. She's very active. She receives and creates, and then she, she does something with that creation. And without either one, nothing happens, yes? What we haven't come to value is that feminine side, right? We haven't come, it's not valued in society so much. It's not really, I mean, if you go into an Eastern meditation and that's cool because of the experience, 
but other than that, which is not really attributed to feminine, but it is a feminine. And that's what, that's what I thought was so interesting that um, one of the best books, by the way, just to, just to give you a little bit more Kabbalah, the masculine feminine connection. So obviously then if you extrapolate down to gender, meaning male, female, and in a relationship reflecting the oneness, right? It reflects the oneness of God coming back to that androgynous state. Right, so if you go, there's a yearning inside all of us to uni- unify back to a state that was imprinted on us before of a certain oneness, and that yearning to be with with a loving partner is that oneness. Right? Does that make sense? And it's reflecting the oneness of God, Hashem Echad, because that's why it can be in, in a godly way. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful idea that connects these pieces together. And interestingly, obviously, on the side, circle and the that the circle and the arrow reflect you know, on a physical level, the connection on a physical level, right? Which is very interesting, the, of the movement of those two forces coming together to create a oneness. Um, so I, I, was, I was learning a lot of more about meditation. There's a, there's a, a guy who's Jewish, of course, um, but secular, totally, and he's like considered the Gadol Hador, which is like the top of the generation in meditation in the, in the broader non-Jewish world. His name's John Kabat-Zinn, right? So J-O-N-K-A-B-A-T hyphen Z-I-N-N. He's created a whole mindfulness-based stress reduction program in clinics all around the world. All around the, the world, I think maybe mainly America, 720 centers of this mindfulness-based clinic, um, and he's got many, many books out. And so I was reading one of his books, and he has this whole attitudinal foundation of mindfulness practice, right? So, like, what's what? Are the, what? Are, how do you approach meditation? And I thought, okay, that's boring. I'm not going to teach you that. I'll just mention it quickly. And then I thought, no, no, no. If you don't actually kind of lay this foundation, then all your meditation practice is off. So the key things that he mentions here, I'm just going to write them up here. Non-judging, that you're meant to, in a meditation practice, you're to be non-judging, right? Doesn't matter what comes up, I'm not judging it. There's no label or value or judgment. I'm just going to observe it, right? Non-judging. First thing he says. Um, second thing, and I, I have some handouts if any of you want that, these here, but I'm not going to give them out, is Patience. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not focusing on my mantra. <laughs> right? It's like, no. Like, that's going to snap you out of the, the meditation. Just be patient. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever is, is. This approach is radical. We're not used to this approach, right? Whatever is, is. I'm just going to allow whatever to happen to happen. Right, we want to control everything. What? You want to read it? I am. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay. You can, I, I mean, photocopying and me do not go together. Hang on a second. So patience is very important. No matter what happens, allow whatever happens to happen. Beginner's mind. This is where I love seeing children. When children are learning something and they're like, oh. <laughs> right? There's like this curiosity. Like, show me, like, what is that? Like, you, think of any adorable little kid that you are close to and their face when you're showing them something. That's, what you, that's the approach to yourself. You can use them as a template in your meditation. Rather than like, oh my gosh, I've done this before. This is so boring. I didn't get anything out of it. Like, right? I don't know who that is. Um, but yeah, like just the, the approach of beginner's mind, like I have no idea what's about to happen and I'm just curious. Like, oh wow, isn't that interesting? Oh, we're not used to treating ourselves that way, right? But these are all you can see. This is, this is like the top guy in the world of meditation, in America at least. And he's talking about beginner's mind. Trust. Trust yourself. This is huge. 
most people say, I don't know why I was feeling that way, I don't know what it was about, um, let me analyze them. They don't just say, okay, let me just ask myself a question and see what comes to mind. When you're in a deep meditation place, and sometimes I'll throw in questions in the meditation to ask yourself, and I'll say, just let something come to your mind in the meditation, right? Whatever answer, there's no right and wrong, just let something come up to your conscious mind when I ask, you, when I ask this question. And it's usually a question about you and you can keep it private to yourself, but it's about accessing your own deeper wisdom and just trust that whatever came up, it came up. Like, that's fine. You don't have to second guess it, right? Just trust yourself. I think people don't trust themselves at all. Many, many people don't trust themselves and they give their power away to often the wrong people, right? But even if it's the right people, no one else can know you better than you, right? No one else can know you better than you. You know you. Right? I have some favorite rabbis in Israel um, that I'm about to go and see on the trip that I'm doing. Um, and that he always says, <laughs> Rabbi, this is Rabbi Smith, he's joining us for Shabbat. He says, if I tell you advice about you and you don't agree, don't follow my advice. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> like, you mean, trust yourself, right? Trust yourself. He always says that. Um, okay, non-striving. What does that mean? Non-striving. When you're striving for something, there's like a destination that you see as being the thing, but you're also like only speaking in your perspective from where you are now versus like what could be. So mm -hmm. uh, it's like less directional and more just kind of like open. Okay, so right, open, not having a goal in mind, right? Is that sounding familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay, acceptance. So that kind of, they kind of all go together, right? Acceptance mm -hmm. is just accepting whatever is happening, no right and wrong. Sometimes you'll have a mind-blowing meditation, other times it'll be totally distracting and so annoying, right? But it's not annoying because we're patient. Right? <laughs> but right? But that, that's that's the goal. And the last one, how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, the last one is the one that I love to battle with. Letting go. Right? Letting go, just letting go and being in the moment and not worrying about everything and not holding on to things and not being attached to this and that. And what am I doing next? Or what am I doing after this? And I've got so much going on tomorrow and I just I don't know if I if, did I did I mess up today? Did I say that I shouldn't have said that to that person? Like all that type of holding on to your day, just let it go. Just let it go just for this part. You can pick it all up afterwards. Every little bit you can carry out with you afterwards, but like put it on the table, put it on the floor while you're here, right? But I look down these seven foundational principles and he goes into like a paragraph or a half a page of each one of them. So feel free to take a handout. Um, this is totally the circle. This is totally the circle. This is totally feminine. Every single one of these are feminine qualities, like feminine characteristics or energies men can have them right but women are particularly naturally good at this usually yeah usually women have a have a natural ability to tune into this you know we're good with relationships not everyone equally no one's equal no one's there's always exceptions but overall right if you ever read men are from mars women from venus oh, no men are from yeah men are from mars women <laughs> see which planet i'm from um, <laughs> You see that there's general major tendencies that we see, and these are—I just thought these are all so feminine. I went, "How cool is that? That we're all here and we're tapping into our feminine in the most masculine city in the world, right? I really feel like New York is like masculine on steroids, <laughs> right? It really is. You know, it's—it's it's like striving for such goals, and there's there's definitely beauty in that, but there's also it can be an um, imbalance. So, um, so with that, what I thought we would do is. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Is this making sense to everyone? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, um, he, he points out two exercises. 
Oh, oh no, I want to do one other thing because there's a lot of new people here. I did this for some of you in the first one, the triangle of how it works when you're meditating. Yeah, but do you mind if I just quickly do it again for other people? Okay. Um, so this is your conscious mind. This is everything you're aware about yourself at any given moment, right? Over who you think you are, what you, what you know about yourself. As you can see, it's tiny, right? The conscious mind. This is the subconscious mind. This is every experience you've ever had or thought you've had or memory, anything that was significant that you kind of shoved back there that you don't really consciously remember. But it is there. This is my technical drawing. Okay, it's, stu it's stuffed back in the subconscious. And this area is the area of meditation where we tap into. It's the area of hypnosis, if you've ever done any hypnosis. That's what, and it's the area of dreams when you dream. <laughs> what? You had a bad experience? She no, she has it a lot of me. And? Oh, that hypnotist? Yeah. Did it work? It worked. Yeah. And what happened? She, she was, was sweating on stage. Dancing oh around, running. Oh my gosh. Right, so that. it does work. But that's, we're, not, we're not doing that here, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Not judgmental. Okay. This is also the, t the area when you dream, dream, right? Dreaming comes out of your subconscious. And what tends to happen is that as you meditate more and you bring greater awareness, this is all a massive... We could just put, you know, this is all called massive amounts of awareness that happen as a result of all of this. Awareness into whatever is going on in the conscious mind, then stuff in the subconscious feels safe enough to bubble up. Can you say that again? Yeah. The more you just bring a gentle awareness to all of you without any judgment, and you allow a safe space, which is what we know is the circle, like the feminine presence of just being present without any judgment. Judgment's like constricting, right? So we just open and just be allowed just to be there. Whoever I am for this moment's fine. Like whatever's going on, it does not matter. It's totally okay. And that in itself is completely transformative and completely healing. You should just know. I've seen miracles happen in myself and other people, like real miracles internally, shifts and changes. If you just bring a gentle presence to whatever is. But it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. Right, just to bring this gentle, open presence when our whole of our life conditions us not to be like that. So that's the practice. That is the practice, right? Just being open and present and accepting and non-judging and beginner's mind and trusting and non-striving acceptance and letting go. And then you become a bigger vessel internally for yourself. You become a bigger vessel for anything going on within you and it has room to change. Otherwise, we're putting pressure on ourselves to try to be something, right? And you don't allow, whether it's feelings, whether it's emotions, doesn't matter. Every emotion's fine. It's not going to kill you. People are terrified of feelings. People are terrified of emotions. They're just emotion, energy in motion. They're just energy moving through you and they need to get out. And we like go, no, no, I can't feel that. I can't feel that. It's bad. It somehow means this. It somehow means that. I'm, I'm going to be a wreck and I'm so weak and I'm whatever judgment, judgment, right? Rather than just, I just need to cry or I'm just scared or I'm just, right, whatever. Just, it's okay. So when you bring this gentle awareness to all of you, it allows for this to drop down into a bigger space and you become more conscious of more of you. Does that make sense? And then as you bring more gentle awareness, the stuff in the subconscious that you're suppressing kind of can bubble up. So you may get all of a sudden a memory out of nowhere. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought of that. Why do I think of that? Okay, I'm starting to judge. Just let me go back to being present. That's fine. I don't have to, don't judge yourself that you're judging. I can't believe I was judging. Like, oh my that's gosh. That's okay that happened. That's okay that that happened. Let me just gently bring my attention back. And the more you do that, the more this, this space gets much bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, 
my, the, 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 the memory that I particularly remember, as I think I shared this also, is when I was little, I used to eat um, chocolate croissants with my brother while we watched video hits on a Sunday. Mm. And for many, many weeks in a row, many, many weeks, there was red hot chili peppers under the bridge. It was in the top 10 or whatever. And I was eating these like hot, beautiful chocolate, like you bit in and the chocolate oozed out, you know, those chocolate croissants. And it was in Sydney, Australia. We even have chocolate croissants there. And, um, and um, not just kangaroos jumping around. <laughs> Everyone think we've got to do a reality check on that, right? I think I told someone once I caught, a, I caught a kangaroo to work when there was no cabs and someone believed me. It was a joke. It's totally a joke, right? We don't do that. But some of them were like, really? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> right. Um, I would believe you. I know. That's why I have to say no. Because people are like, might say something and they... And they do you want to tell the full story? It's really funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny. It's horrendous, but I learned a lot from it. So I was at a Shabbat meal on Shabbat with these two cute little 17-year-olds who were in like some high school program there at the, at the meal. I don't even know who they were. And I said this joke. I often said this joke, right? And I said, yeah, we catch kangaroos to, um, to work if we can't get a cab. And if there's no baby in the pouch, we can jump in the pouch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, just, I did it with like a deadpan face. Oh, my God. And they're like really? And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're I was like in my head, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really cozy and really warm. And like, what, I, I went on and on. Oh and they're like, and there's a whole table listening to this, like on, like they, they're believing this, right? And at some point I realized I'm in very dangerous territory. And like, this is terrible because how do I get out of this? And how, do I, how do I get them out really of there? And I'm embarrassing them in public, which is a very big avera. Like in, in Judaism, that's considered really a big no-no. You're not allowed to embarrass people in public. Like it's, it's considered equal to death because people, when you're embarrassed, want to die. You know that feeling if you're really embarrassed, you want to die? But no one knows you want to die because you'll just you'll cover it up. So sometimes you don't even know you embarrass someone but they wanted to die, so it's as if you killed them in a way, oh but you don't even know that you can't even say sorry, right? So that's why it's considered, don't, whatever you if do, you start by saying I'm sorry. don't embarrass someone in public, right? So I learned this the hard way, because this was just a joke. Like, I was trying to be, like, smart Alec, you know, like, and getting, like, attention for a joke in a way. And, uh, and then I realized I'm in serious danger zone here, because I know I'm, I'm about to really embarrass these girls. And then everyone else in the room said, no, of course not, you silly, whatever. And they went bright red. And I felt so bad. Like, I literally, I said, I'm so sorry. But, like, by that point, you're, it's too late. You've totally embarrassed them in public. And I was like, I can never, ever, ever say that again. <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm going to say, it's a joke. It's a joke before anyone could ever possibly believe it. Like, I just did then, right? That was good. Yeah, thanks. Okay. And I did full tuba, right? But anyway, about, about three months later, I felt like I really, I really owed them an apology. And I called up the host, who I only went to once. I wasn't close with them. And I said, who were those two STEM girls, like young girls there? You're, oh, they're from New York. They're back in oh, New York now, I think, or, or in Miami. I can't remember. I said, can I have their number? She's like, yeah, okay. So she gives me their number. And I called them up. This is three months later. We met, had one meal together. And I said, hi. Uh, you probably don't remember me, but um, boy, would they remember me. I'm sure they would, right? I said, but we had that meal together, and I embarrassed you in public. I remember when I said the kangaroos, like, we catch kangaroo, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she says. I said, well, I just really want to apologize. Like, I really want to apologize for, for, for embarrassing you. And they were like, I can't believe you called. Oh, my God. Like, the fact that I called her and thought about it, that I knew that that was enough to make her feel like, I cared, and that, that was the real forgiveness. I, I said sorry at the time, but it didn't count. And I felt that that was... But anyway, since then, I've never said the joke without saying, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke, right? Okay. That was a total sidetrack. It has nothing to do with it. It was so good, though. It was, it was good, it was good, okay. Um, okay, so 
Are we ready? All right. Um, so can everyone make sure their phones are off? I record this, yes. Yes, yes questions, comments, so protests. Is it okay? Like, I, when I've been meditating in here one time, I had this... Okay, so gently get comfortable. Feel your feet on the ground. Is that on vibrate? Okay, because if it's vibrate, it'll be zzz, right? Um, if there's any disruptions, people walk in, someone walks across, whatever, treat it as a, just like another way to gently bring your attention back. Like, you'll get distracted and then just gently bring your attention back. That, that's all it means, right? So don't, and I'll try and help you de drop deeper if that happens. But just gently feel your feet on the ground. Feel your back against the chair. I'm really Take, cold. You're really cold? Yeah. Okay, then you have to move because you're going to I can't turn off because it's going to be stifling. Do you want to just, I know. Move back here. No, just, um, just, just go back with your chair. No, like, behind. go back behind her, yeah. Anyone else cold? Anyone need a hug? Anyone need a drink? No? Okay. You can meditate on wine, sushi. Okay. Is that better? My feet are cold. Your feet are cold? Yeah. Oh I just, God. I was like, I can't help it. So can I, huh? I'll see you in the back too. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. Now you're good? Yeah. Like, I, have, I, have a, I have a challenge for you, which is was good for all of us to hear. Um, just observe the cold feet. Meaning not only the cold feet, but just when, when it comes up for you, oh my gosh, my feet are cold, uh, 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 which takes you into, I'm freezing, I'm freezing, I can't focus. Just saying, okay, my feet are cold, I'm just going to watch the cold feet. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like a good practice, right? No matter what sensation we have in our body, I can just observe it. By the way, from a spiritual perspective, the observing part of you is your soul. The observing part, just awareness, comes from the soul. Just being able to aware with nothing else, be aware with nothing else, right? There's a certain place we can get to that's that's very powerful if you if you tap into that okay feel your feet on the ground feel your back against the chair when you feel comfortable just gently close your eyes and just notice what it feels like to take your attention inward might feel weird might feel uncomfortable might feel great might feel relaxing just notice whatever it is is fine and taking a deep breath into your belly, all the way down into your belly. When you breathe in, your belly moves out. It expands. And when you breathe out, your belly falls, falls in. So you take a big breath in and a big breath out. And as you breathe out, just allowing yourself to arrive here in this moment, in this present moment, that there's nowhere you need to be right now. There's nothing you need to do. There's nowhere and no one you need to be focused on. But just allowing yourself to be here in this moment. And as you take a deep breath, Just taking your attention to the top of your head. And just noticing if there's any tension in your scalp, your forehead. And just allowing any tension to relax 
and release. Taking your attention and your awareness totally into your forehead and your head and merely allowing yourself to breathe into those areas. Moving your attention down your face, behind your eyes, bringing your full attention gently, your full presence into your face and allowing any other noises around you just to help you drop deeper into this focus easily and effortlessly. And as you take a deep breath in, it's as if the breath moves up into your face, behind your eyes and your cheeks. And as you breathe out, it's like it moves through the pores of your skin. Letting go easily and effortlessly. Moving down into your neck. Just gently taking your attention in an accepting, non-judgmental way, curiously. Taking all your attention into your neck. Breathing in, breathing the air all the way up into your neck and on the way out, it just moves through the pores of your skin into the air around you. Again, whatever you're experiencing is totally okay. There is no right or wrong. I'm bringing your attention down now into your shoulders. noticing how they are, breathing your air, your breath all the way up into your shoulders and on the way out just allowing it to move out through your shoulders into the air, any tension letting go easily, effortlessly, releasing as much tension as you would like. Moving your attention down your arms now to your forearms. Elbows, wrists, and into the tips of your fingers. Gently focusing your awareness into your arms, being fully present. And as you breathe in, Take the breath to your arms, and as you breathe out, they move through. Now taking your attention to your chest, sternum, diaphragm, just being gently curious bringing your awareness to be present fully with this part of your body. As you breathe in, the breath comes up into this area. And as you breathe out, 
it effortlessly moves through the skin into the air around you. You may feel a sense of lightness, ease. Either way, it's effortless, releasing all tension. Moving down into your stomach, bringing your awareness there. Breathing in and on the way out, allowing it to move through your stomach and giving permission to any organs that may be holding stress to just let go and relax. Traveling down your spine now. Bringing a very gentle, present awareness to your spine, the lower back. Just being present with this part of you. Gently observing, breathing in. And on the out breath, allowing it to move through your body. Finding it easy at this point to drift deeper and deeper into a place that is still and calm and relaxed, yet alert and focused. Moving your attention down into your pelvis bringing full awareness into your hips, allowing any tension to relax and release as you breathe in and breathe out, it moves through your body. Down into your legs, your knees, releasing any tension easily and effortlessly and into your calves all the way down into the tips of your toes and just gently holding the whole of your leg both legs in your awareness being present with them breathing in Breathing out, and on the way out, allowing any tension to release. As you sit here in a completely still, centered, relaxed state, just allowing any noises that may be going on around you to help you drop deeper. You notice how easy it is as you hear them, noises around you to just fall deeper and deeper into a deep, peaceful, loving place inside yourself.
place that is one of acceptance. Of just being. And just being with whatever is going on. And that you are totally, totally okay. Exactly as you are. Right now, in this moment. And just notice if you're distracted. And if you are, gently bring your attention back over and over again. To a gentle focus for now on my voice. And it's at this moment that you also may become aware that God, Hashem, the Creator, higher power, divine source is also right here right now in this room with you personally that God loves you personally very very much whether you are aware of it or not And in this moment, you may be open to considering that, to feeling that. And just notice if there is any shift or difference or change internally when you notice that God is right here, right now with you loving you, wanting the best for you, guiding you. And again, there's no right or wrong. It's at this point also that we can ask ourselves a question. And just see what pops into our mind as a first response. notice any other distractions what happens and just gently bring your focus back allowing whatever is to be asking yourself 
what would be the next thing that I need to do in my life? The next baby step to become more whole and more complete. Just see what pops into your mind. What would be the next thing I need to do or not do? The next baby step that would lead me to becoming more whole or complete in my life. And just notice what the answer is without any judgment or analysis and allow it to be there. gently bringing your attention now to your breath. Just to notice your breath without changing it or without making it breathe harder. Just notice exactly what your breath is doing right now. See if you can be with each breath the duration of the in-breath and be with each out-breath also for its full duration as if you were riding the waves of your own breathing just observing and being with your breath And each time your mind wanders off to something else, just gently bring your attention back to being with each part of your breath and the sensations that happen with that. We're just going to stay here for a few minutes in silence as we practice being with our breath and gently focusing on it. And I'll bring you out in a few minutes. noticing when your mind wanders off, just gently bringing it back.
gently bringing your attention back to your breath, knowing that you can bring this feeling anytime with you into the room, going to this place at any point. Five, feeling your feet on the ground, your back against the chair. Four, listening to my voice in this room, hearing the sounds around you. Three, taking a deep breath. Two, preparing to come back into the room. And one, in your own time, opening your eyes.